Hey guys, welcome to WWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty. And joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. Fedra Chris, I think she's in the great outdoors and she's camping right now. Uh, good for her. Well, I don't know what it's like down by you, but it's beautiful up here in the Northeast. Yeah, it's still pretty hot over here. I, I you know, I, I, I've never gone camping. The only time I went camping was when I visited you when you were at Camp Pouch. And I wasn't even camping, I was just visiting. <laughs> no, you just came by. <laughs> but it was at night. <laughs> and I had to find you guys. So uh, it was something. I think after uh, the Blair Witch Project, I was like, that's it. I ain't going camping ever. I'm good staying in a hotel with a TV, internet, swimming pool. Uh, this, But there's something about being outside on a nice night where there's a little bit of a chill in the air. Hanging out with your buds around the fire, maybe that's uh, a good. That's a good night. Yeah, I don't know. I'd still be concerned about bears and skunks and raccoons and whatever the hell else is out there. Mosquitoes. They, they could be deadly. Oh, Hogarty. Well, you need to thicken that skin up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. So tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to go over She Hulk episode number six. And uh, Jack and I have seen Andor, the first three episodes, and we'll kind of go over that. Um, I did want to mention, Jack, that I did recently see Star Wars, the Star Wars, no special edition, the 1977 Star Wars, you know, through the despecialized edition of it, the Harmy version of it. And, and you loved it. And I loved it. Oh, my God. I never get tired of that movie. I still think Empire is better, but I, I I just never get tired of this movie. It just it's got such a great pace to it, and it pisses me off to no end that that movie lost Best Picture to Annie Hall because Annie Hall does not have the rewatchability that Star Wars has. Star Wars was groundbreaking. Ooh, it just annoys the hell out of me. Sorry. Okay. I but, I, I don't even bother watching the Oscars anymore. It, yeah, it, it's just too political. Too much of people patting themselves on the back, and it's 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 not what your average moviegoer enjoys. So there's no point of it. The movies that I like are never going to see that best picture nomination, even though if they get Maverick in there this year. That might be interesting, but you know it won't win. People liked it. People enjoyed it. They had fun at the movies. That's not what the Oscars are about. Maverick deserves to win special effects. That's it. No acting, no best picture, no direction. It's a good movie. It's not the really? best movie. You won't even give Val Kilmer an Oscar for his no his bit? No, not at all. Yeah, I would he would probably. And I haven't seen that many movies. He would be 20th on my list, probably, as best supporting <laughs> actor, without even seeing the other movies. Because, you know, basically, yeah, he was there and everything. But Wait, you didn't see Maverick in the theater? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and no, I seen Maverick in the theater at home. You know, it's, I mean, I feel bad for Val Kilmer, but it's not a, an Oscar-winning performance. I'm sorry, unless he kills the other recipients and... They're not eligible since they're dead, which I don't think they do that. You could still win because uh, what's his name when he's legend one. Yeah. 
anyway, getting back, I just wanted to mention a few things with Star Wars. Now, you know how we always say how Lucas is not a good director with the prequels and all that. Why did he direct this one so well then? Can you answer me that? Because he was still married to his wife at the time. So that his wife at the time was his toughest critic and she gave him direction. The problem is by the time he hit the sequels, they had split and he was surrounded with yes men that said, oh, George, you know, maybe you should change this a little. Instead of, oh, Mr. Lucas, you're a genius. Oh, you're brilliant. So I, I think I think Lucas is great with ideas and coming up with storylines and plots. But he just doesn't get enough out of his actors on his own. He needs the help. Well, again, most of these actors, if not all of them, I mean, other than uh, Peter Cushing and, and uh, Alec Guinness, they were just brand new actors that we'd never yeah. seen before. And he got the best out of in that movie in Star Wars. First of all, it was a very good, it was well-written story. And like I said, he did a good job directing it. It just, it's, it's so well-paced. And when you look at it, it well, definitely... He did, he did have help with the pacing. He did? Yes. From who? Francis well, I know Ford Coppola, supposedly. Yeah, that's true. Came in and said, you know, this scene doesn't really work here. You should just take this out. Like the whole bit of the first time we see Luke Skywalker is when the Jawas show up, you know, and he, you know, comes running by and he's, you know, the camera's looking up at him from the edge of the pit, you know, mm -hmm. he's like, yes, Amparu, you know, that was Coppola. He was like that scene where he talks with Big at Tashi Station and, you know, that was deleted. That. Well, it was, it was like, you don't need this. And it slows it down. Oh, okay. So like he, ha he had help. And um, like I said, he, he comes up with great storylines, great ideas and great hooks for movies, well, not hooks, MacGuffins. He does a great job with that, but he needs help when it comes to directing. And like I said, I, I always saw considering the talent he had in the, in the prequels, they should have been freaking incredible. I disagree. I think most of them were talentless. You I can roll off your names, my pal, and I'll disagree with everything that you say. Samuel L. Jackson. He sucks. He's only he good. <laughs> he's only good in. He's only good when he's went with Quentin Tarantino. Otherwise, he plays Samuel Jackson in every movie he's in. You know that Nick Fury is Samuel Jackson, and Mace Window is Samuel Jackson. He is not Mace Window. He he just basically Mace Window. Who's Mace? Window? Uh, all right, Mace Window. Miss whatever the hell, Shutter Blind Doorbell. Or, you know, he's just his himself, and I hate that about him. He like, definitely was not himself. In the prequels, he was a boring serious? dull guy. No, he was just his pissed off self. No, he should have. Anakin. If he played pissed off, showed some emotion, he had he was about as exciting as a cardboard figure. Yeah, well, that's what he's like in most movies. I mean, and I think Natalie Portman is terrific. He's I like not very good. Gregor Christopher Lee, not very good. Christopher Lee was okay, but he barely was in the movies. So, you know, maybe he could have saved it, but he didn't. I just Terrence Stamp. He was decent, but again, he was there for like maybe thirty seconds. Anyway, uh, okay. 
I, I just love that movie. It, it's so, so good. Um, it, it's very good. And I mean, I it may not be a popular opinion, but there's a lot of the special edition, I think, improved it. I know you say that all the time, and I do agree. And there's some stuff that's choppy. Uh, it, it's surprising how long it took them to get like Jabba the Hutt looking close to the puppet that they had yeah. in Return of Jedi. They just could never seem to nail that down. So aside from that, I think the new scenes in the big attack on the Death Star looks miles better than the original did because, you know, you have a lot yeah. more dynamics you can use yeah. with computers now versus, you know, John Dykstra with models. What he did was incredible at the time because we never seen stuff like that before. But, you know, the CGI is needed to hold it up, keep it not looking too dated. But that's what's impressive, too. Like when you watch the theatrical ones. It's like, holy crap, this is all models I'm watching. This is insane because they had green screen and that was it. And a bunch of models, no CGI. And it, and it was all believable, especially if you were a little kid and you were watching that in a the theater. That was oh, going yeah, it on. Looked, it looked good. It, uh, good. It looked phenomenal at the time. You know, and I mean, even the technologies that were used where instead of the mo models moving, they moved the camera. Yeah. And they were upside down, too. Yeah, they were upside down. They had the models twisted all over the place, but they didn't move. Like, they didn't have, like, the spaceships on a wire going down that we used to see on so many movies prior to that. You're going to laugh. You know what I noticed for the first time? For years, I did not notice this, by the way. And I've seen Star Wars so many times. You know what? When Luke ends up going back to his home, the ranch, and uh, he sees... Owen and and uh, and Baru mm -hmm. skeleton charred and all that burned up for years. I never even noticed them. I just noticed like there was just like dirt and burnt and smoke. I had no you idea. Notice skeletons. No, the first time I noticed them was on a Topps trading card, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, is, oh, there were skeletons there." I guess I wasn't. I never looked there for some reason, and then I started to notice it like after each version every time i'd see it over and over again it's like oh yeah there they are you know well they are one of them is but i i never noticed that there was a second one there i thought there was only one but i know one is on its the one that's on its stomach i've always seen after i i had seen it for the first time this was the first time i noticed that one of them was on it on their back and i don't know if it was brew if it was you know owen um which that was shocking to me because I, I never noticed that someone was on their back. I just thought it was one person crawling out of the little hut that they were in. I'm surprised, but okay. Um, you know, one question I have for you, and again, I, I know what the answer is because it's because it's a movie, but the whole thing with R2 is he had the plans from Leia. Why didn't they just extract the plans from R2 and just leave the droids and just kind of like go off without them you know like they didn't need them like they were kind of a you know an eyesore to the stormtroopers like we're looking for two droids just pop out that message you know that had the plans in them and get the hell out of dodge well you know it was jammed in there real good <laughs> oh we one guy did i don't i don't know yeah i guess so plot, uh because otherwise the plot would have been 
a little bit less exciting. If like, I got your plans right in my pocket here, you know, like you need the droids for comic relief. And like I said, but even growing up, like people love the droids. You know why? Because droids prior to that were like Robbie the robot. They were always big and bulky or blocky that, you know, all I could move were the arms or something. You know, we never saw them, you know, really walking or interacting the way that, you know, R2-D2 would plug into a computer and stuff. So uh, once again, groundbreaking for its time that set it apart from everything else out there. You know, it was really cool. And I've noticed this many times before, but I, I paid more attention to it thinking about like looking at the movie through 1977 eyes was the gunner chairs that they rotated based uh-huh. on where the ties were coming in and all that. That was just incredible that he came up with that. I, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, it was like I said, a lot of groundbreaking stuff in that movie. And, and how the hell was Porkins a pilot? <laughs> Can you tell me that? <laughs> just like, and like, there's like saying, it's like, it's like, oh, you need to eject. Where is he going to eject to? You know? Oh, He's how, just, where would any of them eject? I mean, it's like, eject, even though we're going to blow this thing up, you know, that you're going to be floating over. But he was way too heavy to be a pilot. Uh, I thought Wedge was a coward. I always felt that way. That's because like he's backing Luke up and then all of a sudden he's like, damn, one of my engines is out. And it's like, well, you're no good to me back there, Wedge. You might as well just go. Everybody else stayed and they all died in a fiery death. But Wedge just chickened out. It's like, damn it. Yeah, I I guess I will go. Well, good luck, Luke. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So did you watch She-Hulk episode six? Yes, I did. You did, Jack. You are so good. You I, are doing your homework. I am so impressed with you. So Very serious. good. Very good, Jack. All right. So, what did you think of episode six? Episode six. Now, you had said earlier on our text that it was a filler episode, and it was a filler episode. But you know what? It was a fun episode. All the crazy hijinks at the wedding. You know, of her trying to balance. You know, being sucked into a wedding she really couldn't care less about, you know. But then, you know, when she's She-Hulk, everybody's like, oh, my God, you're you're beautiful. You're incredible. And then when she goes back to being Jen, they're like, uh, can you wait some tables and uh, clean up stuff? And here's some laundry to do. Like, she's being treated terribly by these people. Um and even her partner to walk down the aisle was even like a super insult where I'm like, does this chick, the bride just hate her or something that she's getting this treatment? I, I just thought it was funny. And of course, when Titania shows up, um, I thought that was funny too. Just, just that whole scene, the interplay where, you know, become the She-Hulk. I can't. I made a promise not to. Like, well, that's no fun. It's like, yeah, I know. You know, like it's just a conversation between the two of them. I thought I thought it was a fun episode, a fun, funny episode. Uh I, even the non-She-Hulk parts, I thought were better than prior non-She-Hulk parts. Well, you know, when they were in the courtroom, yeah, you know. 
thought that was just incredibly boring when they had uh, Pug doing his case and uh, the whole bit of Mr. Immortal, um, who is in the comics, but not like that. Is he is he like an X-Men or something or no, is he a mutant? No. He's he's in a group called the Great Lakes Avengers. Um, they're people with super superpowers that wanted to be Avengers, and the <laughs> Avengers said, uh, no thanks, we'll call you. Uh, so they went and they formed their own Avengers group. And they were able to name themselves after the Avengers? Well. I guess in the Marvel comics, the Avengers don't have a uh, copyright trademark or copyright. So you had East Coast Avengers, West Coast Avengers. They became the Great Lakes Avengers. Jesus. And like they had one guy, um, they called him Flatman. He he was basically like Reed Richards, like he could stretch and stuff, but he was flat. You know, um, they had Big Bertha. You know, she was a supermodel, but, you know, when she was a supermodel, she didn't have any powers. When she came like this 900-pound woman, you know, that's when she became strong. Um, and Mr. Like- Immortal was a guy who could die. And then he comes back afterwards. So, like, they had to get something out of a radioactive room. Well, he ran in, did whatever he needed to. And then once it was safe... You know, they pulled him out and he woke up, um, you know, or it's like, this is the, that's the guy you want, you send in to disarm the bomb. So if it blows up, he'll be okay. He'll come back in 15 minutes. So that was the running gag of that character. I can't see them lasting that long. I would not be paying oh, no, good no, money. It wasn't a series. They were, you know, they showed up every so often, you know, and it'd be like Hawkeye would be like, oh, great. It's these guys again, <laughs> you know. Well, that's good. Small doses. Small doses and used for a gag. Um, so he, Mr. Immortal is part of that group. But it was funny how, you know, he took that till death do us part. In, uh, literally. Well, rather than go through a messy divorce, I'll just die. Well, all right. Let, let me get into this first. So, uh, yeah, I've said this for a while. I think this is a very light, funny, goofy show, you know, and, and I like it. It's, and I think this was the goofiest episode yet. Well, I'm just saying that it's it sometimes, and I've said this before, you just need to turn your brain off and just have a good time. And I think that this is one of those shows where you can do that. Uh-huh. And if I was a huge fan of She-Hulk, yeah, I'd be a little pissed off because it doesn't follow the comics as accurately as it could. But I'm not, and I'm just enjoying it. I think she's good as Jen and She-Hulk. I, th- I think she's fine. I think that the rest of the cast is is okay. No one really offends me in any way, or I think that they're horrible. Like, there's no Aquafinas in there. Um, but there were a couple of weird things in this episode. So she she's invited to this wedding, and she's in the wedding party. And the bride says, oh, no, no, She-Hulk. You can't be She-Hulk because you're going to take away from me, the bride. And she's like, oh, okay, all right, I can understand that. So she turns back to Jen, like you said, and then they kind of make her her slave. It's like walk the dog down the aisle, do the laundry for the grooms that fell into the swimming pool. Got and, wrinkles. and then 
Titania shows up and she's like, oh my God, it's Titania. It's like, so Titania is allowed to take away the spotlight from the bride, but She-Hulk is not. That's bad writing. I, I just don't understand why they would do that. Other than the fact that she kind of reminds me a little bit of Larry David, where everybody, she's surrounded by a-holes, like all of her friends and her family and her co-workers, they're just annoying as F, you know, and she's just in this world where she's reacting to all of them and, and, and everything bad kind of happens to her. Because if you look at this series, nothing good has really happened to her other than when she's She-Hulk. But when she's Jen, people look down at her, crap happens to her. And it's not, again, like a sex thing, like where it's like in the beginning, we're like, well, she hates men. No, it's like they make fun of the, the women don't like her either. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah. It's an equal, she has equal opportunity to hate towards her. And again, I'm okay with that. It's kind of like, that's how she is like a hero is that we see that nobody likes her except us, the viewer. And then when she's She-Hulk, they kind of like her, which I don't get, you know, it's, it's, they know she's going to turn back to Jen. So why why wouldn't you want to be friends with Jen knowing that she's She-Hulk? It's just very bizarre. Um. But I, I like the show. Again, it's just dumb, stupid fun. I was annoyed with that. I think they need to cut out all this second storyline during an episode and just focus on Jen and the She-Hulk. Because I didn't I, like that. A lot, a lot of times, like I said, when they've done it before, this was the first time I enjoyed it because I think her um, paralegal assistant, I think she's, she's funny. No, she is, but you know, so focusing on her versus you know a generic lawyer guy, you know. That, but I wish they would. It. But that's not how lawyers work. It's like, ooh, you are bad. You know, they're there to defend you, no matter what the hell you did. They don't judge you on what you did. They want to make sure that you stay out of jail or you get the best deal possible if you're having a divorce. And they're like, well, we need it to be fair for these women. It's like, no, you don't. It's that's how the legal you know, world works. If you're representing your client, you, you're not trying to help the other person. It, it's just stupid writing again. I, yeah, I still but this I, time it worked. It, not really, because they were like, no, no, I thought I thought this time it was funny. It wasn't funny in the courtroom with that fairy. No, no, that, that wasn't funny at all. But I'm just impersonating the judge. It was like, what, what, what are we looking at here? I, I'm just saying they, they could have said, well, look, you have no case with death. Do you part? Because that is specifically something that was put into your marriage license. And he did die. So he is OK. That's what they should have been saying instead of it's like, yeah, but you treated them like crap. They do deserve some of your money. And there were no prenups. It's like, no. Oh, all right. So getting back to Titania, so they have that big fight outside. It wasn't really a big fight. But. Well, yeah, but, but Jen is in human form. She gets punched in the face by Titania and she gets knocked around. Wouldn't she be dead at that point? Or, you know, like I have like a big dent in her head if she punched Jen in the face and she wasn't She-Hulk? Yeah, but I, I don't think she was... 
she wanted to fight She-Hulk, not Jen. So I don't think she was going full strength or anything. She's like, let me smack her around until she turns into the She-Hulk. I you don't know. know. I, I, I think she punched her pretty hard. She went pretty far. She should have at least been missing a teeth or something. <laughs> well, I, I just want to see Jen get her ass kicked once. <clears throat> like right now, it just seems like she's doing all the ass kicking and it just makes her look a little too powerful. But well, how many episodes are left? Three. Three more? And I we're think gonna, we're going to see Titania come back and she's going to be mad as heck. She's a good villain for She-Hulk. I think that they work together well, you know, especially if you're going to have a female villain and she's going to have a female antagonist. I think that they work together because she is pretty well, decent. She's everything Jen isn't. Meaning? Meaning, I mean, you know, popularity. everybody thinks she she's beautiful. Everybody, you know, does whatever they can to, like, get on our good side. Meanwhile, Jen gets the short end of the stick all the time. So their situations are just very, very different. Well, she's got, she does have power. Titanium. Oh, yeah. I mean, she burst through that wall in the first episode. But I don't know why she wants to keep fighting She-Hulk because she knows she can't beat her. <laughs> well, she doesn't know she can't beat her. Now she does. All right. Anyway, it's fun. I'd say leave your brain at the door. Just enjoy it. I'm not saying it's like Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld, but it's it's just like a situation comedy, like where you can kind of watch it, have a little fun. Just don't think too much about it. I know I criticize people that don't do that. But for this particular thing, if you want to enjoy it, just don't take it too seriously. That's all I could say. Oh, I think if you're going to try to take it seriously, you're just not going to enjoy it. Yeah. All righty. All right. So Andor. So we got three episodes. They kind of forced us to watch. <laughs> well, for us, like in a day or two. Uh, so what do you think, Jack, of Andor? Uh, you know what? I, it's three episodes, but you know what? They're not. They're not the full hour length. Yeah, they're, they're about longer than she minutes. So. It's it's not too bad. It's like watching a movie, you know, and not a three hour movie. It's like watching a, a regular length movie. Um, it also kind of wraps up one arc in the premiere, which I kind of liked. That we saw his life on. Merrick's Merrick's. What was the name of the planet? Um. Uh, I don't know. I know his name. Whatever was, it was called. His name was Casa. I got that one. Oh well, you know what? We saw the saw the planet. He basically grew up on because he was a young kid when he was taken from his home world. Grew up on this planet. Got into trouble. We met some of his friends who undoubtedly will show up again. And you um, think so? You don't think they were slaughtered? No, I think we'll see. Uh, we'll see his friend. Uh, well, maybe his sister. Was that his sister? I thought that was a friend. Oh no! You, I'm, I thought you were talking about like his friends on that planet that where he was rescued. Oh no, no, that that, that group is done um, because he was in the ship smashing up things by himself. They ran 
back to the camp or whatever. Um, so what were they? Were they abandoned or were they like I, some I primitive know. tribe or? I don't know, but there weren't adults with them. They were all kids. Yeah, they were like the wild boys and girls. Yeah, the, the Lord of the Flies or something. I don't know. Um, so I don't know what that whole part was about. Um, but you know what? That's okay because yeah. that part is done and over with. Uh, there was planet maybe um, the parents were all taken to work in the mines when he saw that big quarry. Who knows? Um but that whole section is done and over with. So now he, now we've seen him, seen what it was like for him on this place, gets into trouble, is trying to escape. Uh, he doesn't escape the way he hoped to, but you know, now we have him with the mysterious stranger who has taken him off world for some reason, unbeknownst to anybody. Um, so you know what? It's like that whole arc of what his life was like, and he got away from it, and now he's starting off on something new next week. So it's like we saw a mini arc all wrapped up in three episodes. Uh, it didn't feel like it dragged. Um, here's another thing mm, I, I don't know about that. Well, it might have dragged a little, but here's the other thing though. Um, I never expected to see the corporate sector in Star Wars. I don't know if you remember, but way back, there was a trilogy of Han Solo books written by Brian Daly. And yeah, well, they, I never read them, but I remember them. Right. It was like Han Solo at Star's End, uh, Han Solo and the Lost Legacy, and it was something else, but it was before Star Wars when it's Han Solo and Chewie in the corporate sector, just running freight, working some cons and scams and stuff. And it wasn't the empire. It was the corporate sector. Well, like I said, when I saw these guys, I'm like, who the heck is this? And then they started talking about, you know, you know, their corporate employee, uh, yeah, corporate employees and, you know, the company, and they had like all the uniforms that were very militaristic and like they owned planets, you know, like you didn't go work for them. They owned you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a throwback to, you know, books that have been probably out of print for a good 20 yeah, I was, years. I was confused by them at first because I was like, is that the Empire or is that is that uh you know, the, uh, the Alliance, <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't figure out who they were at first. Uh, they're called uh, pre pre more. The that, that's the name of the company or something. Yeah. But yeah, like this is, this is a group that was out there and Palpatine left them alone because they were making him money. Like these were, these were the business side of, the empire that, you know, when Palpatine wanted squadrons of TIE fighters, he went to Sinar, you know, to have them build it. Or Info, Infocom, the guys who built the X-Wings. These are those. They, they made so much money that they were out from underneath his influence. Um, 
sort of like corporations are today with the government. They just do whatever the hell they want. Um, that's what these people were like. So, like I said, they had their own private security force that, you know, controlled planets and the citizens. So, um, like I said, I never thought I would see them in Star Wars, but. Uh, well, thanks for clearing that up. I mean, I like, like I said, I, they, I'm like, who the heck are these guys? You know, yeah, and, the uniforms were like too colorful for the Empire. I was like, uh, yeah, blue, purple with red piping and stuff. But um, like I said, the. Not the lieutenant. I think that's what he was or something. Not the young guy, but like when the soldier comes and, you know, when the squad comes and there's a stocky guy who's like a real jerk, you know. Oh, yes, we'll go down and, you know, blow some stuff up and subjugate them and all this stuff. That's what these guys were were like in the book. And, mm. you know, they were good villains. You know, if you didn't, if they weren't going to use the Empire, these were pretty good villains. And um, like I said, I never expected to see them, but I I liked this episode. Like, I would, I would almost say if next week is your first episode, you'll be fine with that little recap. You know, the 30-second recap who says who he is and how he met the other guy. Um, you know, but it's it's just nice to see the show broken up into these little arcs. Yeah, I like it. Um, I see where you said that it doesn't drag. I, I felt like it dragged a little bit. It could have moved a little quicker. My biggest complaints with the show unfortunately i had this with rogue one is cassie nandor i just think he's a boring character and i was thinking of rogue one like if they would have gotten someone with the charisma of han solo to play his character i think it would have been much much more well received the movie i know some people liked it but i just felt he was so boring and it, there was other than Jyn Erso, there was no really an alpha character to kind of cling to or that that you really liked seeing on the screen for me and i just feel cassian is very boring and he's soft-spoken um he lacks confidence well especially in this he kind of lacks confidence he does the same thing where it's like <laughs> it's like well in order for me to avoid trouble i'll just kill whoever i'm with <laughs> you know which is kind of funny in a way yeah but uh, but this you see he He's, I think he's a spy. And for him, he wants to keep a very low profile. Yeah, but you could be a spy and still have charisma. I mean, look at James Bond. I'm not saying he's got to be James Bond. James Bond's a terrible spy. In all fairness, think about it. He's a terrible spy. Whenever he walks around, the first thing he does is he gives his real name to everybody. Well, he doesn't always do that. No, most times, Bond, James well, Bond, like you know. No, I'm saying we we don't see him when he's doing his real spice. Well, I think of the books too. Well, but I, I, don't know. I I just think he just tells everybody his name and everybody should know yeah. who he is at this point. But like I said, this is a guy who keeps a low profile. Also, you have to keep in mind who was running Lucas Films at the time. Kennedy? Yeah. So if you made Cassian too big of an alpha character, he would take the attention off of Jen Erso. Jen Erso. 
And you can't mm-hmm. do that in Kathy Kennedy's LucasArts. Well, she's still the head of Lucasfilm. I know. I, and has it gotten any better? No. No. So, well, like I said, you know, you, you aren't going to have a man over outshine the woman, you know. Well, I'm just saying, I, I think with this series, I, I like it. You know what? I like it. First of all, it's not what I expected. It doesn't feel like Star Wars at all to me. Maybe it feels like it more to you. But if they didn't have that Star Wars logo in the beginning and you just walked into this thing not knowing what it was, you wouldn't know it was Star Wars. You might guess a little bit with the droids and all that, but it just doesn't feel like Star Wars. And sometimes we need that. We don't need to see Darth Vader or Obi-Wan Kenobi showing up like in every single Star Wars series. Let's look at some new characters that we've never seen before and build on them. I think now that he's off world... And out of the corporate sector, I think we're now we're going to see like, you know, here's the Imperial patrols. Here's the stormtroopers walking down the street, you know, kind of telling everybody, you know, get out of the way. Yeah, no, we haven't seen that. Yeah. But I've seen in trailers. There are stormtroopers. It's just a matter of time before we see and probably next episode. But what I liked about this, too, is that I had read and seen some YouTube stuff especially by, again, some like right-leaning channels saying that this is a woke disaster, even before it came out. You know, a lot of the interviewers, which I think it's a bad mistake for Disney to let writers and directors go out there and conduct interviews with the press because they say things that they probably should not say that is going to turn off one group or another just say oh i was so glad i got to work with some fabulous people we tell such exciting stories and we had such a great time and i really hope the fans like it too that's all you got to say you know you don't have to bring politics into it or uh diversity or inclusion and all this stuff just go out there and just say a nice little thing end of interview where's my latte i'm out of here and (laughs) So, but I was expecting it to be super woke because everybody was saying, it's like, oh, it's going to be so woke, whoa, 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 woke. And I, I am glad to say after three episodes, I will rate all three episodes on the woke meter at 0.0. I did not see really anything woke in there. Maybe there was a slight little thing, but for the most part, no. And the way that they handled diversity and inclusion I kind of felt that that was more in line than what we normally see. It's not like, you know, one race, another race, another race, start over one race, another race, another race. It was kind of like when we saw those corporate guys or whatever, when they were on their little shuttle, I think they were like, you know, two black soldiers and the rest of them were white. And I was like, I can see that, you know, like how it would be if it was like, representative of of a police force or uh you know the military or something like that and just like that there's so many british people in this you know males and speaking scottish and maybe irish i don't know some of the accents uh threw me off a little bit i was like am i watching am i watching star wars of the 21st century because I, I never thought I was going to see this again. And, and the first scene, we have Cassian going into a strip club, talking to basically a female pimp who's 
job is to hook up guys with hookers, you know, so that they could have sex and everything. I'm like, my God, I can't believe Kathleen Kennedy didn't go ballistic that her head didn't pop off knowing that this was going on. I, you know, again, it's not like it's like, it's like, oh, you know, I love this because it turns me on. I just like the fact that they're just showing this stuff, stuff that's actually out there. They're not hiding it. Yeah, there are there there are places like that, and I'm sure there's probably places like that in the galaxy. And I, I just thought it was really well done. I just so many things, and and I love that. I'll, I'll call him the police captain when we first heard about the two guys that were murdered from the strip club that Cassie murdered. And he's like, ah, well, those two are a bunch of dirtbags anyway. And they were probably drunk. And who knows? You know, they probably, you know, had sex with some girl. It's like, let's just, they probably deserved it. <laughs> you know, it's like, they were nothing but a bunch of troublemakers. But that one guy was like, oh, no, I want to find whoever did this. Yeah, this is my I, white I don't whale. get what his story is, why he's so... Gung ho, for lack of a better term. I don't know, he, but he's like he's like driven, like you yeah. Know. And, uh, again, he's it's like buds from the academy. I have to find who did this. Yeah, you know, there were just, two schlubs who were. But just I just thought it was interesting people. that that one. I never thought I was going to see writing like that in a Star Wars show, where some guys like yeah, well, they were a bunch of dirtbags. Let's just let it go. It's too much paperwork to find out who killed him. You know, it just made me feel good to see stuff like that. Uh, but but you know what? You're 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 right with that too. Uh, in terms of diversity, I thought it was well balanced. Yeah, all around. I mean, it's not like people were. I hate to say it's sometimes just stuck there, almost like scenery. Yeah, forced. You know, like with with this, you know, um, bricks. Was that yeah, the, the, the girl? Yeah. You know, like the people who worked for her came running over, talked to her. You know, especially you know, um, at one scene where you know the guy comes over, like, "What's going on with Cassian? You know, why is everybody looking for him?" You know, like it just, these were just people. They weren't set pieces to represent. Mm, yeah. You know, they were characters. They, they, you know, they were people. And you know what? They just did a very good job of representing that. You had uh, good people, you had bad people, you know, but you didn't have, you know, like, you know, all. All bad people are white, you know. All good people are people of color. No, it was mixed all throughout. Yeah, it it was. It, it was it very was well balanced. It was just people, not set pieces. Like I, I love that scene where the guy's name is is Cyril Karn. You know, he's the one that's the aggressive officer looking for Cassian. And there's a, a couple of guys, I guess, officers that are looking on their computers to do research. And I think that there's a there's a woman, there's a white male, and then there's a black male. And so he comes over and he's like, he goes, well, what have you guys found? And and I think the, the black male goes, he goes, well, there might be something here, but I really don't think it's anything that we should be concerned of. And he's like, what? He goes, who told you to, to not be concerned about that? I didn't say that. 
And he's like, I'm sorry. And he goes, get to work right now. You know, I'm like, this, this is Star Wars. This is not <laughs> the book of Boba Fett because they would have went out on, on coffee breaks and do like skateboarding or whatever the hell. But it's like, again, he's treating him equally. He's not. He's yelling I, at everybody. Yeah. It's not like I, I think like with some of the Star Wars and some of the Marvel stuff and the Disney stuff that we see now, they're they're careful of like how they treat a, a particular person of color. Like you can't be too tough on them. Or if you if they are, you are tough on them. They have to stand up for themselves. And we didn't see any of that because it's, it, it's just, again, like if I was that guy and my boss yelled at me, I'd be like, Oh crap. <laughs> it's like, I better get to work and find this stuff. And that's what he was like. It, you know, we're, we're all the same. And I, and I think that this portrays this, pretty well in my book. I, I think that the way they do it, even like Cassian's friend, what's her name? Bix. I, I think she's a good character. I love the fact that that guy, that Irish guy or the Scottish guy, he wanted to have a booty call with her. And he, like, they even talk about it. It's like, well, you know, it's like once a week, you know, we'll get together. And then like, he wanted to do it that night. She's like, well, no, I got to go out. And he sees her with Cassian and he gets all pissed off. And then he goes home and then she knocks on his door and she's like, I got done early. <laughs> You know, it's like, uh, do you want to do it now? Are you tired? And he's like, no, no, I'm not tired at all. It's like, this is Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy approved this. I cannot believe this. They must have got a drunk. That's all I can say. <laughs> and uh, don't let the boss watch this. Let's just run it. Just run the reels. But that's what I want to see. I want to see real life. I don't want to see what they want life to be. I want to see like. Or what they want life to, it should be. It, it's what we've experienced in life and, you know, what it should be like, you know, like in other planets, like similar to us, but not us. I, again, I think they handled that so well. And I love the fact I, I was like just blown away when we first were on that planet and we saw all those kids and they were speaking in a different tongue and there were no subtitles. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I love that. And then the aliens, like, I love when the aliens will talk. To, you talk to that one officer. And like, it's like, well, I don't know where it is. You know, like no <laughs> or, subtitles. Or, or the uh, the guy he owed money to, you know, that that told told his big friends, just come over yeah. here and stand behind him. You know, and Cassie's like, what are you doing here? You know, I well, I don't know why you're here either. You know, like... Again, that was so well handled. And again, that was another that his friend, the one that Cassie owned money to was was a black male and it wasn't forced. It was just like he was playing a character. You know, he was another guy. He was not elevated. You know, he he just was. I I love that part of this series. And again, I, I also like, though, how they had aliens sprinkled in. Yeah. Like I said, that's my thing. Like I haven't gotten there and God knows why I will. But like I said, how down in Galaxy's Edge, they should just have like yeah aliens walking around. It doesn't have to be Greedo. It could just be a Rodian. It doesn't have to be, you know, any particular Jawa. It could just be a Jawa walking mm -hmm. around. And it's like, if you notice them, notice throughout, they're walking through the streets like everybody else. Uh, the guy who was supposed to help him get off the planet, you know, like 
the alien comes over. He's like, you know, and he's like, no, 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 just, just don't worry about it. It's fine. No, just go, you know, like almost like the Chewbacca principle. Yeah. We have no idea what Chewbacca was saying word for word, but we kind of figured out what he meant. Yeah. Through Han. Yeah. Through Han's reactions. And his, you know, his reactions, you know. Yeah. But like I said, we kind of, we might not have known word for word, but we knew, kind of knew what the guy was saying. Something was going on. So it was understandable what that character was talking about that we could get. Same thing with the little kids in the forest. We kind of knew what was going on, even though we didn't know the language. I mean, that is, that's good storytelling. And like, we haven't seen that in so long on Disney plus. Yeah. You know, and I don't just mean star Wars. I mean, Marvel is the Marvel series as well. This was, this was good storytelling. And, and the, and the leader of that group, that child group was a girl and she died. I, that's another shocker. I can't believe that they, they killed off a strong, brave female hero. I, I'm just blown away that they're, they're doing stuff like that because they're treating everybody equal. Everybody has an equal chance to die. Everybody has equal chance to be bad, corrupted. That's the way a series should be. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect her to get shot though. I didn't I, either. I thought, you know, since we saw all these people like laid out and they were yellow and we saw the plumes of yellow gas coming up. I, I thought she was going to, you know, take a few steps too close and breathe some of that in. But uh, it was unexpected when the guy like stood up and shot her. Yeah. So that I didn't realize this either. I didn't. That was like a Republic mining group. I have no idea. No, no idea. <laughs> And again, that's what's great about it, too, is because you you don't know who the characters are. You don't know who the kids are. You didn't know who that police force was. You only kind of knew who Cassian was and that he was a good guy. Oh, and then, like you had talked about, Stellan Skarsgård, you know, that was in Thor. He plays that uh, the character Luthen Ray. He's the one that meets with Cassian in that, that little garage right. and, and helps him escape. So he's part of the uh, the Republic, and he's trying to get Cassian to to join the rebellion, you know. And that, that's what they're they're off to do. Is uh, he says, yeah, yeah you so want to do this for real? Let's hope the current trend that keeps going that you know all of a sudden we see episode four next week. We're like, oh my god, this sucks! Oh my god, what? This sucks. Oh, no, I hope that doesn't happen. Although I know that that new that Imperial female officer, she mouthed off to the press and made such a big stink. How all the male Imperial officers treat her like crap and that she's better than them and that they're just jealous of her. And and it's like and all the struggles that she had to do because of her gender. That's what I'm a little worried about, but I haven't seen that yet. And I just kind of hope right. that maybe some of that stuff ended up on the cutting room floor. And well, you know, like we said in the prequels, we saw that women had a bigger part in government and everything, you know, but like I said, once Palpatine took over, it's like, no nope, chicks, you're out. 
you know, and, you know, I could see how so many of them would be bad, <laughs> you know, why, you know, you had, well, before Leia's planet got blown up, but why, why Mon Mothma was starting the rebellion, because she saw how, you know, half the population was being treated by the empire. And we'll probably see her next week. Hmm? We'll probably see her next week. Okay. I would assume. Did they get the same one who played uh, Mon Mothma? I think so. In Rogue One? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's 12 episodes of this series. So we've got three down, and the first three were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say they were pretty. The one thing I didn't like, I'll, I'll also say, was the transitions from the flashbacks. I felt they were very awkward. Like at times I thought that they were at the present time instead of the past. Actually, that's Lynette thought that as well. You know, I think they, like, they, is this all going on at the same time? They could have used that classic Star Wars kind of dissolve wipe effect, you know? Well, we haven't seen that in a while. No. I, I'm like, we, I don't even think, I don't think we even saw that in The Mandalorian. And that's a very Star Warsy thing. Maybe it's for the episodes because we've seen them in the sequel trilogy. Right. But like I'm saying, in the new, the new Star Wars, like I don't even think the sequel, the sequel trilogy used them much, did they? They did. What do they call them? Swipes or yeah. like, fades and yeah, they were like like dissolved scenes, you know. There was just something that was very memorable in the old Star Wars movies. I think it, it could have been put to good use here when they would go back to the younger version of Cassian. Because like, yeah, like when I, when his mother, or his adopted mother was like, she kind of looked the same when she was younger and when she was older. Mm. Like when they, when they, when they were first you going. You was the same woman. I thought they did pretty good with the makeup. Yeah, but when she was first going into that ship, I thought it was that they were on that planet and they went, they, for some, you know, the planet they, they originally were on when the, the series started, that Cassian was on, the adult Cassian. And I thought that for some reason, this woman and some guy that she just met were investigating some ship, but it ended up being the ship that was on young Cassian's planet. And I, I felt that wasn't telegraphed properly. Anyway, that's, it's probably a minor complaint. But yeah, no, I, I would give this, I would recommend people watch it. I, I love the first two episodes. I saw them first and I couldn't wait to see the, the third one. I don't know if it's love. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. All right. I mean, honestly, I, I can say Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've watched the last two episodes. Rewatched the last two episodes. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Only why? Only because to watch the Darth Vader fights. Mm. You know, and it was like, you know, okay, skip ahead. Okay, Darth Vader's on the screen. No, that's the best part for fighting. sure. Yeah. You know, but like I said, Book of Boba Fett, the only things from Book of Boba Fett I watched, I rewatched, were the Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. Because I wanted, I wanted another. Well, first I wanted to see detailing on the Naboo fighter he got, hmm. 
And then I wanted to see Luke Skywalker again because I had I read that he was completely artificial. You know, that it wasn't Mark Hamill doing voices or standing in. He was totally made no, up. No, he, he was doing the voices. No, Doc. No, that's why it didn't sound right. Because it was. Well, it was, it was completely digitized. It was his voice. Yeah, but it was digitized. digitized. Well, that's what I meant. You know, that they yeah. made it, they made his voice sound younger, but. Made his he, voice younger and pieced words together and stuff like that's that's just incredible but it, it didn't sound right though i mean i know when i watched it it seemed, sounded obvious to me that it, it wasn't coming out of his mouth or with that character's mouth no i you see i thought they i thought they did pretty good with it it's just like i said i i just find that a little creepy that you know <laughs> they're restoring the image of him from so many years ago but then again, we were watching America Got Talent, and one of the acts was this company, this group of guys that did this person recreation. And these two guys did Elvis. And when you saw him on stage, it was incredible, Joe. It, I'll look this, for that. How could look, they do that, though? I mean, could they... Do they have license to do that? Well, I guess they have Elvis impersonators. Yeah. This wasn't like an Elvis impersonator. This was young Elvis. It, Joe, it was amazing. And just that they're able to do that now is just creepy because they could stick anybody in anything if they want to. Well, it keeps getting better and better, I will say. Yeah, exactly. This... We that was the closest I've seen them to getting out of the uncanny valley. Who, what was the first one that we had seen? Was it, it wasn't Michael Douglas. His was the best one, I think, but there was another one before. No, that. it was Robert Downey Jr. Was Wasn't it, that before that? No, I think that was in civil war. Uh, we saw Robert Downey Jr. And Ant-Man was before civil war because Ant-Man was in civil war. No. Yeah. You're right. It was Ant-Man. No, but there was, oh, no, uh, there's so many though. I, you know, like what's his name? Uh, Kurt, uh, uh, Kurt Russell in guardians too. He looked really good. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, see if you could find that American guy. I will. America's got talent because like I said, this was incredible. Cause you know how sometimes they just can never seem to get the eyes right. This thing's eyes looked real. I'm telling you, this was this was incredible. All right, I'll check it out. But like I said, see if you can find it online. But like I said, I wanted to go back and get another look at Luke Skywalker. You right. know, but uh, you know, hey, hope hopefully Andor keeps surprising us and they keep up yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, hopefully they're on the right path and. We'll see that in other shows too. Because if or you maybe think it about could it, just be the director. Yeah, well, that worries me because uh, it seems like they're the There's next couple of directors around. Yeah, it's it's and it's I don't know what her it's a it's a female director. You know, and I I know that sounds bad to say it's because she's a female director, but 
but th- this goes back to whatever what we've said numerous times. Doesn't matter if it's a man or woman. If it's a good director, yeah. you're going to have a good product. And if this was a woman director doing these first three episodes, then she did it. Damn. Well, it, it was the same guy that directed the first three episodes. Uh, he was Toby Haynes. I don't know who the next director is, but he comes back, I think, for the last three of this. So, well, oh, like I said, it, man or woman doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I'm just worried that she's going to be she's being used because of this female imperial officer and that she's going to tell her story from from a woman's side of view of how she was mistreated by the empire because of her gender. That's what I'm concerned about. Um, but we'll see. I have no idea what the next episode is going to be, but I'll, I just know that the director is female and the force is female. Mm. Anyway, let's get into the BDH. What's that? BDH. BDH. Say that again. Oh, Bryce Dallas Howard. God forbid. <laughs> no, she's not in there. Uh, no, she's hey, not director. I liked her episode of the Mandalorian. I, give me some more Bryce Howard. Oh, we forgot to mention, uh, what's his name? B2EMO. <laughs> he was pretty cool, except he reminded me, his voice pattern reminded me a little bit of Tweaky from Buck Rogers. Oh, I think he, I didn't think he was as bad as that. No, but he. But I did, I did like that the fact, you know, he was obviously an older droid that had been through a lot because it all dented up and his stuff. Yeah. That he, you know, his, his voice would skip a little bit. So it makes you wonder why didn't R2 talk? You know, if that droid could talk, R2 could have talked. Probably, but, yeah. Anyway, let's get into the news. So there's a rumor going on that the next X-Men movie will base be based on the comic book series Astonishing X-Men. Did you ever read Astonishing X-Men? What is it? The Astonishing X-Men. You, uh, I'm sure yes, you I did. did. I did. Here's, I, here's the thing, though. Uh, Astonishing X-Men was written by Josh Whedon. Yep. And I, I don't know if anybody wants to touch anything by him with a 10-foot pole anymore. I don't know. But, no, he. I think he wrote the first series, but then... He wrote, like, the first 12 issues, which was his first big arc, I think. Yeah, so that's a good point, but I, I still kind of feel that people are starting to go against Zack Snyder now and Ezra Miller and um, who was the other guy? Uh, Ray Fisher. Uh, so who knows? People make comebacks. But I, I, I have the, was it the trade paperback, which I, I think is the first 12 issues, like you said, or the first six issues. Yeah, and it was a good story. The artwork I loved. It was uh, John, John Cassidy. John he, Cassidy. He, he's very good. He's he's good. I I don't I haven't seen anything by him lately, but maybe he's working on independent titles. But I haven't he, seen anything from him in Marvel in a while. And that's part of the reason why I picked it up is because I love the artwork. It just looked so good. It does look good. But it was a weird team. It was Gene Gray was dead and. Uh, Emma Frost was hooking up with, with Scott Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And, it, and there's a scene that's most memorable to me is they're in bed and Wolverine pops up and it's like, 
It's like her body's not even cold. <laughs> You're like in bed with her. It's like, which is true. Oh, it's they turned Cyclops into a jerk. They really did for the longest time. I it mean, wasn't Jean Grey was dead, and he hooks up. He meets a redhead that looks just like her and like hooks up with her right away, gets married right away. But did he think it was her? It, no, he knew he knew Jean was dead. No, but it, well, I'm I'm confused. I'm thinking it was that Cyclops uh, Cyclops mother? No, no, Madeline Fryer. Uh it turns out the reason she looked so much like Jean Grey was because Mr. Sinister had uh, cloned Jean Grey, you know, and just made her like different enough that it, she wasn't an exact duplicate. Oh, right, well, he gets a pass for that then. Uh, Jean Grey just got blown up. And goes oh, you know, around. Well, and then, at- then, of course, she comes back. He gets married. He marries Jean Grey. And then he starts cheating on her with Emma Frost. Like, come on. Yeah, Cyclops. Cyclops, what, what the hell are you doing? I don't know why girls are attracted to him. I'd be afraid of getting shot in the face with his his uh, laser beams. Well, you know, he he's he is the strong leader type. Yeah, I guess so. Wolverine isn't a leader. Wolverine's a scrapper. Well, no, that's the whole thing. Like they said, like in the first X-Men movie or one of them, like the one with um, you know, Hugh Jackman in it, uh-huh. where she's like, she told Logan Jean Grey, she's like, yeah, we we fool around with the bad boy, but we always marry the good boy. But she was attracted to, to Logan Jean Grey. Yeah, anyway, she was, but. No, but this team I thought was pretty interesting because it was, again, it was Cyclops. He was leading it. You had Wolverine. Oh, was it? Was it uh, what's her name? Is Emma Frost? Was Emma Frost it? was there. Uh, the um, Beast was back. Beast looked good. I like the way he drew the Beast. Yeah. Uh, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride and, and Colossus. Colossus. I think, was Nightcrawler back? Well, not in this series the first series that i had seen i got it in front of me i'm just looking at them and uh it is it's a cool little series i i did like it yeah i mean it 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 has it has a a very good bit and it ends with a cliffhanger too which was kind of cool but professor x is dead in this yeah he's not around at that point so that would be interesting if they did decide to make this into the first x-men movie for the mcu and they didn't introduce Professor X, which they could do. I don't know, but but it, it, I, I would be okay if they did something like that. But you make a good point about Josh Whedon. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, unfortunately, he may have done some good stuff, but it's now forever tainted kind of thing. So. Well, when it's the 20th anniversary of the Avengers, I'm sure they'll forgive him. They'll celebrate. It's like the Avengers is 20 years old. They'll we all haven't... be forgiven eventually. Yes, they all will be forgiven. Uh Rosemary Harris, you remember her? Rosemary Harris. The my old lady favorite... from Titanic? My no, she's an old lady. My favorite Aunt May in the Spider-Man series. Okay. From the Toby Maguire Spider-Man series. She was 95 on Monday. 
Just wanted to wish her happy, happy birthday. birthday, Rosemary Harris. Dude, she'd make the perfect Aunt May right now. No, give me hot Aunt May any day of the week. But she would look just like the Aunt May from the comics right now. But still. Super wrinkled. Just need like a bun in the back of her hair. Oh, did. sorry. But that's cool. She's 95 years old, still going. And no, she, good for her. And she was the best Aunt May ever conceived. Uh, yeah. Nope. Got to disagree. So did you hear uh, Constantine is getting a sequel? Pedro mentioned that. But they've been talking about that for years, haven't they? I think it's insane because uh, it was an okay movie. It didn't make a lot of money. Um, and it's it's a long time ago since. Yeah, but I mean, the character himself, the character has been a recently uh, surging over a few years because he was on DC Legends of Tomorrow. And I think it didn't. there was a, a series. I think it's on HBO Max. Um, did he have a series on his own? Yeah. Okay. So, I, oh, yes, he did. Because I remember they them saying it was a big deal when he came on uh, DC Legends because it was the same actor playing him. Well, Keanu Reeves is coming back as John. Right. And he's coming back for, you know, but that, but I'm talking TV versus movie. I'm just surprised that. Anyone greenlit this again because it's not very popular. It's like I said, it's old, and uh, I could see, <laughs> I could see them going to Keanu Reeves again. Him being super nice, it's like it's like yeah, we want to make a Constantine sequel, and uh, we really want you. And he's like, oh gee, guys, I really want to thank you for considering me, but uh, I have to say, unfortunately, I'm going to have to decline because I'm not interested. It's like, and they're like. Oh, come on. It's like, okay, I'll do it. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not well, one well, hell of a guy. Is, is really just, you know, he is a Doctor Strange who sleeps around, smokes, gets drunk all the time, you know, and curses a lot. And that's John Constantine. I, I did like that movie. But again, it, it wasn't something that like I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch it again. And... I really wasn't wishing for a sequel to it, but I thought Keanu Reeves was good in it. I don't know if I've seen it. I don't remember if I've seen it or not. Oh, Shia LaBeouf is in it too. It was like, I think he was a taxi driver or something. It's just really weird. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So they released it. I think it was, I don't know if it was a black Adam TV spot or a trailer. And there's a one second scene of Josh Whedon's Justice League in there. And the Snyder people, the Snyder fans flipped out and they said, well, now I'm not going to see the movie because that's in this trailer. And they're like, boycott this because they're using Josh Whedon's Justice League instead of, of Zack Snyder's Justice League. It was a scene with Stephen Wolf, Stephen Wolf. I, I thought they were going to. No, they I were. They he, said they were abandoning the Justice Society. Yeah, I know, but for whatever reason, there is a small little scene of Stephen Wolf with flames behind him from the the Josh Whedon version of Justice League, which is a crappy looking Stephen Wolf. But like a few fans complained on Twitter, and it scared the hell out of Warner Brothers, and they had to re-edit the trailer 
to take that scene out. And The Rock informed everybody, everything's okay. We took it out. <laughs> you know? But my point is, I just don't like when companies just bow to these crazy idiots in the asylum. Again, it's, it's like the inmates running the asylum, like where they're like, we need this, the Snyder cut. We want the Snyder cut. You better release the Snyder cut. And okay, here's the Snyder cut. They, it, it's nicer again for fans to, you know, be very hyped about something, but you just can't boycott a movie just based on like a one second scene and say that it has to be removed from the trailer or else I'm not going to go see it. You, you know they're full of crap anyway. They're gonna. If you want to see the movie, you're gonna go see the movie. And what does this person do for a living that's complaining about this crap? I, you know, you see, I don't know what a lot. That's what I don't get about the whole thing. You know, I'm working. I don't have time to worry about this stuff. But is it that important what do these in your people, life? What do these people do that they have time to get so worked up over such small little things? I don't well, get I, it. I mean, I guess I sound insane at times, too, but I don't go that far where I'm like, we need to boycott this movie over something that I don't like. I just won't watch it. It's like, I'm not going to tell people that they can't watch it. It's like, you want to watch it? Go ahead. Uh, Let's see. Oh, uh, Invincible Season 2 finished. It's supposed to be coming out in 2023. I started rewatching that. I was thinking about doing that. Because uh, Patrick wanted to see the boys. And if, even though, you know, he's 18 now, I can't stop him. You know, I'm like, why don't you check this out first? See if you like this first. Hmm. Um, so we started watching the first episode. <laughs> and all the high school angst turned him off. And I'm like, no, no, no way. You got to wait for the last five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going upstairs. I'm going to call my friends, see what they're up to. Oh, no. I'm like, dude, dude, no, you got it. You got to see the last five minutes. So that's maybe- what saved me. Because I was like, I was watching it. I was like, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's like, how much is left of this crap? And then I'm like, all right, there's about 10 minutes left. And I have the remote in my hand ready to stop it. And then that whole scene where he just goes bananas on all his heroes. And that was it. Hooked. I'm like, oh my God. I am uh, next episode. And I think <laughs> I watched that whole season in one day. You know, I was like, after that one scene, I was hooked. You're right. Well, I took a couple of days to get through it. But like that, that one, that one scene, that is still the most brutal superhero beatdown I've ever seen. Like the boys has has had some tough stuff to watch, but the last five minutes of Invincible episode one was just Yeah, I gotta amazing. watch that again. Oh boy. Well it's that time. <laughs> I guess we'll wrap I'm this so one glad up, Jack. We had this time together. You want to tell everyone where they can find you, Jack? You can always send me email at jackm at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook and check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney and Universal news. And finally, if you like 
our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT, Nerd Alert, Season 8, Episode 42. So until next time, see ya. Good night, all, and be good to each other.